okay we're live okay so after all this talk i feel like even though last week we did it it was like a while ago so i'm gonna do like a major major review from the beginning is everybody caught up working their way there it's fine there's no homework but like finally like nakama came home last night she's like we have no homework on thursdays because moms are so busy i'm like hey finally like and then i'm like my fifth grader's like i have a homework test a navi test a science test i'm like it's friday like right i know it's okay. Um, okay, fine. So we'll start all the way from the beginning in chapter one. So chapter one, we were introduced to the concept of the struggle of the two souls. You know what I feel like? You know when you're like catching up on an episode and they're like, previously on. Like, you know, like in a lot, I used to watch like Lost. That was like, you needed like major chazara. Like you really need, like what happened season one? Also patients. I feel like we, we were definitely into season two because like after 26 we are. So let's do, let's like recap season one. So we're introduced to this concept of the struggle of two souls. At first we explained that there's an existence of the animal soul. And then, and that animal soul is survival, impulse, ego, feed me, everything from this world. Second chapter, we were introduced to the godly soul. And that is given to you. And it happens to be like now that it was my son's arm, it's like I did not stop talking about it. He's like, Kim, I get it. I got my definition of kids. I'm like, no, you have to understand what this means. Um, but the godly soul is the opposite. It just wants to be subsumed in godliness. It just wants to connect back to Hashem. Chapter three, we spoke about, I'm not, you'll, you'll start remembering chapters, but we'll review it. Chapter three was the, the modes of expressions, like the three garments, the, what are the three clothings? The, the what? Thought, speech, and action, right? And then we spoke about chapter five, we spoke about the food. So which is, if those are mitzvot, what is, what's the Torah food? What's the soul's food? What? Mitzvot and, mitzvot is the clothing, and what's the food? Torah. Torah, right, yeah, Torah. Did you say it? I, yeah. I didn't hear. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then chapter six, we spoke about the opposite. So we flipped it. Everything that the godly soul has in terms of its motive, its expression, in terms of its clothing and its food, the opposite the animal soul also has. And then seven and eight, which I'm really tapping into this week, is Kalipos, right? That there's negativity in the world and some of it is redeemable, some of it is not. The ones that we can redeem, get in there, pull it out, find the spark of Hashem. The ones that are irredeemable are like not kosher and... And all the things that we are told that we're not supposed to do, don't go there. Those are like the lobsters of the world. And then the redeemable ones are the oranges of the world. So we, we have to find that. Then that was like kind of like our vocabulary list. So one through eight is like the lay of the land, everything we need to know. Then, okay, that was really the end of season one. Okay, sorry. Then season two started and we started talking about, we started with chapter nine. We spoke about the small city and we said that there are, ways that people interact in this world. So we started talking about the tzaddik, the Russian, and the Benoni. We said that tzaddik, if he was in charge of the small city, who would be in control? How would be he in control? He would be the first one to get in the car. So that means that when the tzaddik takes over, what does the tzaddik do? The tzaddik flips his animal soul and he's all tzaddik, right? We spoke about two types of tzaddik. Chapter 11, we spoke about two types of Russia, right? We spoke about the Russia that is obviously now Hamas, whatever, or like, um, like, a, like, 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 the, almost like that Amalek is that like total, total, total Russia. And then there's a Russia that he once in a while makes mistakes, but you know, sometimes we could think that's us. And then it brings us to chapter 12 through 15, which is all about the Benoni and the two types of Benonis, right? Who are the two types of Benonis? One that has to, one that kind of like coasts, right? 
Why I always look at you, Faye, because I remember like you described this. Now I started like learning from everybody, like certain things I associate with certain people, but like that there's one, there's a Benoni that it just comes easy to him. It's like okay, you know, I wake up and I go to chakras and there's you know kosher food and everything is just easy for me. And then there's another one who's like, oh my god, I have to like literally battle every single minute. And even if you're the one that has it easy, you still have to push yourself no matter what. And then we explained how you push your limits. Then we were introduced to like the first set of Tanya tools, and that first tool was Lal Shal Talif, right? What? What'd you say? Meditation. Meditation. Yeah. So that's the second one. So the first one is impulse control, right? Okay. I have. Remember? Let's go back. Like I have a feeling. I have an urge. Somebody did something to me. I want to get back to them, right? No, Figgy, control yourself. You still want a job? You still want to live? You want to whatever? You're not Changadi. Like you have to control yourself, right? So control yourself. Even if it's not all the time, even if it's hard for me, and even if I'm only doing it because I'm in public and I'm in gourmet law, but I can control myself because thoughts create my actions, right? So, excuse me, this is where it starts. So I can learn to stop myself in the tracks, but that's impulse control. But then we said too much impulse control all the time is what? What is that likened to? Like we gave that mashallah of like a, a soda, right? Like if you, it explodes. So eventually you're gonna explode. You could hold it in all day, like, I always think it's like shapewear. Like, you could hold it in all day, and then you could just be like, huh, right? And then you lose it. You literally lose control, and you don't want to get there. So we said, the second one, like Adidas said, is meditation. So one way is impulse control. Second way is meditation. So Moshat Alev A and Moshat Alev B. One is impulse control. Two is meditation. Am I going way too fast? We're good? Yeah? Okay, fine. So then we spoke about, that was like all 18 to 25. We explained the two, the, sorry, before we got to 16 and 17. Oh, hi. Okay, I have more chairs in the kitchen. I feel like in the corner, you have a seat? Yeah? Yeah, thank you. Um, okay, so we said, one of, the, one of the most important things is that I, and I always try to say this, and specifically when it comes to Tanya, is that our thoughts create our feelings. We have to say it all the time. Our thoughts create our feelings. Even if you think that you got to a place where you're like, I got this, oh, thank you. One more, just, just wait for these. Okay, thank you. Um, but no matter what, we say emotions are the children of intellect. When are the emotions not children of intellect? Who's in control when the emotions, when the kids rule the house? Which soul? The Nefesh Bahamas. When the Nefesh Bahamas has control, he's the one doing all the emotions. He's the temper tantrum that leads to very bad places. But if you quickly swap it out, then your intellect will create your emotions. Okay, so 1 through 25, is that's season 1 and season 2. That is the perfect system. That's really all you ever need to know. Those are your vocabulary words and examples of how it goes in. So then we came to chapter 26 and we literally asked ourselves, like, what are we doing here? Why are we here? Why do we need any more? And the way that she's now explained it, and this is chair right here. The way that she's now explained it was that the chapter one through twenty-five is your hardware. It's everything that you will ever need to do and to need to know. And then chapter twenty-six is when you call HR and you're like, okay, I have a problem, right? Like you said, we have a problem. What's the problem? And we explained starting from sixteen, starting from twenty-six, we explained that this is how you troubleshoot through your emotions. And we started off with the example. The main example that we gave was this wrestler, okay? The wrestler who's the strongest, who has the most energy, but what happens on the day of his, what's it called? Not a fight, is it a fight? A match, but what happens on the day of his match? He was, he woke up in a bad mood, and then what happened? That's it, he lost. So we're like, oh my God, you are the perfect Benoni. You have everything going for you, and what happens? Boom, you lost it because of your mood. So now we say, okay, 
So we have to figure out. So we spend 26, 27, 28, 29, even up until 36, all dealing with how we get out of our mood. I, I know that this always happens and it just aligns beautifully with like the Parsha and what's happening, but like literally this is all I've been feeling from everybody all day, every day is like, I cannot move. I cannot go on. I cannot, I, I, and Bar Hashem, like we're in a place, oh, sorry, it's for, we're in a place where we don't have enough cheers. So we're winning. Like any, any time I get sad, like, and I trust me, I'm, I get sad. I stop myself and I'm saying, this is an emergency. And it's like, I started to say it like so many times. I'm just like, I feel like Ninja Turtles, like they have stuff in their back and they like whip it out. And it's like, and my friends are like, oh my God, it's so sad. And I'm like, it is so sad. Stop it. Like you have to stop. You have to channel your emotion. And it's literally like, if we don't, if we are not in control of our emotions, we're not going to be able to get to the places that we need to get to. And we have so much to do. And if you think about it, this is all we were talking about in last week's class when it came to davening. Sorry, I, I missed one chapter, but I want to get back to this. The davening piece is that we were saying, what do you do when you're distracted during davening? We're going to continue it today, but it's very, very important that these chapters, like, they become alive. Like, they really, really do. So the idea of first 26 is that I cannot be happy and I can't, I'm the sad, I'm the, I'm the sad um, wrestler. Okay, not a wrestler, but I'm the sad wrestler. So what do I do? So the first response that the Baltana teaches us is that, wait, why do you have an excuse not to be happy? What's your excuse? Anybody have an excuse not to be happy? It's okay, you could, you could say it. Oh, there's like hostages and there's like wars, whatever. Like I have very, very physical reasons to be sad. Like people were killed, murdered. It's a real emotion. It's so a like, real, right. So it is. So you are. But what do you do with that? Let's say I want to connect now. So now Tanya sells us. Okay, fine, you're sad. So what's your reason for not being, what's your reason for being sad? Feeling someone's pain. Right. Feeling someone's pain. So he explained in the beginning of 26, he said there are physical problems, right? There's there's problems with your children. There's problems with your finances. There's problems, right, That it, with war, like literal physical problems. And the first thing he says, what is my excuse? How do I, how do I combat that? How do I fight that? We spoke about connecting to a higher good. You remember that? That first, the, the beginning of 26, we broke 26 into two. The first one of 26 is I'm in a bad mood. I am sad. I cannot connect. And that's because I don't have the money to do the things that I want. I don't have the, the children that I need. I don't have, I, I don't have safety. I don't have a house. I have, my, my house was literally destroyed. I have nowhere to, how am I going to connect? So the first answer was connect to a higher good. Find something in there. Look in, go deeper, go to the deepest, darkest place. Because we always say, that the thing, the place that is the darkest, that starts out the darkest, has the most light. So you're in such darkness. I mean, like after some Torah, there was like, it was like, literally, I felt like Makos Hosha. Like it was darkness came to the world. So what do I do? I know that there's a higher good. Then the second part of 26, right? Does that make sense? Could we use that? Could we tap into that today? Well, like even higher, just connected. Like, like, like someone right, right after some Torah, I know. But basically they said that's what Kadolan do. Like when you go to Gadol and you tell him your problem, he can't just say okay, but without actually internalizing it, feeling it, and then connecting it to El Kus. That's how he elevates it. When you don't feel someone else's pain, it's not because they have their own pain and they're connecting their own pain that other person's pain, they're getting deep into that feeling of sadness, of pain, and then connecting it to Elokos, and then it elevates it. 
Uh-huh. That's, that's like our Buddha, to like, to find, to, to, to like swim in the darkness for a little bit, but like pull yourself up, <coughs> pull yourself out of that by connecting to something higher. What was higher? What was higher? Okay. So first of all, it's you, you in your mind. To, oh, of course. Oh, right, right. Yeah. That you tell your problems how great Hashem is, right? Like, right. I forgot. I always quote that song. That one of the ways to get out of it is like, don't tell, take your problems, and not bring your problems to Hashem. Tell Hashem, tell your problems how great Hashem is. Hashem is going to pull you out of it. Let's see what could be a greater good from everything that's happening now. I mean, like. Uh, so I can connect to the Achtos that's happening. Like I, I teach in the city, I teach in a Kirov organization, and it's like we literally like, recruitment starts the week before. Okay, everybody come. We're going to run classes. We're going to make bracelets. We're going to like, and we post pictures and make so much fun and make a TikTok and be like, hey, hey, everybody come. And it's like literally this week we're like having Chalvei. Seventy-five girls walked into the room. I'm like, where are you guys coming from? Like, yes, some there was a recruitment, there was something, but I'm like, this is. It blew my mind. I was like, we, everybody there in the room, blasting Thank You Hashem songs they never heard it before, put on like this new remix of Songs of Soldiers, and they were like, I'm Israel, hi. And I like turned around in the room, I was like, if I don't become Shemia Da right now, I don't know. Like, and I was like, baby, just like lose yourself. It's fine. Like, pretend you're not shy. Bina was there, she was dying. My mother came, she was like, that's my Fagy, you know? Like, I got an award like as a kid, like excellence in talking, and I was like, Okay, like we got this, and I and I and I knew it wasn't me, but I connected to something so much greater, and I was like, "There's crazy actors happening." There's like pictures of Ramosh Weinberger like making tits now for the soldiers, and like a green camouflage shirt, like like a baguette because it has to be camouflage, and like putting, and I'm like, "What is this world? Like this world is we are amazing, we are amazing." Like I know there are self-hating bloggers out there, but there are people who are. I, I guess I'm following all the Jewish bloggers and see what they're posting, but don't spend so much time there. Recognize that there's crazy unity happening now. And we've never had that before. We've never had it so easy. I'm telling you, I blinked and there were 75 girls in the room. I know what it's like. I've been doing this for 15 years. Like never, ever, ever. So to me, that's like a higher good. So to me, I see the unity, but I also see like L.O. Kuss being recognized like everywhere. Like the, I just sent a... Uh, there's a rapper in Israel that literally was talking to Hashem in his new song. Like a woman and a man that made a song together. They're not from. They probably never even. They never. They don't know much, but they know that Hashem's in charge, and they they're basically reflecting on. I could send it to you. It's like wow. it blew me away. And then you go into the comments, and it's literally like not from Israelis talking about how our soldiers are fighting and our and our um our Torah students are fighting. Like. They're equating the two. Right. You've never seen that. You don't have never. Right. You don't. And by the way, like a few months prior, there was a lot of stuff going on in Israel, right? And it was like they were writing that we should not have toys in the street. Right. And now it's like bring all your Torah scrolls to the army base. Like, I don't know. I like every time I see like Isha Ribo or like Omar, I'm like performing for them. I'm like, look at us. Like, I'm so excited. It's so clear like, now. It's so clear. It doesn't matter. Right. So like it hurts that there's such a band-aid that has to be ripped off. But like, I literally like put music on in my house and I dance and I'm like, like, this is it. Like, this is it. We've never experienced something like this. The fact that we have, like, social media to be able to spread it. So, like, it's hard. We were just talking about it before, how, like, we need to take a break from seeing all these sad things. Just keep doing your own. Like, this is it. There's definitely, definitely a higher good. But then on the spiritual level, there's the guilt, right? So, like, this, by the way, is also a big problem. Because, they're like, you start to feel guilty. Like, oh, 
Look at us, we're sitting here, it's Friday afternoon, we're just like making, casually making challah, even though I was like a million bazillion, I left my sourdough out all night, but like, like, oh, that's, like this morning I was so sad about my sourdough, and I'm like, like, and then I'm like, Vicky, what's wrong with you? So then all of a sudden this guilt comes to you. So like, the second part of chapter 26 is like, stop feeling guilt. Wherever you are, you are, and that's what you're supposed to be doing, right? It's like, guilt is the worst emotion. Guilt is because I'm so tapped into like, my spirituality that I feel bad that I'm here. No, you're supposed to be here. Not going to stop doing what you're supposed to be doing here, but you're supposed to be here. So, chapter 22 speaks about physical problems, spiritual problems, and then it goes into 27 where we spoke about shame. And shame is a different story. Shame is something that I didn't even act upon. It's just like I have this deep, dark secret inside of me that I have a drive for something or I have a pull towards something, and I'm so embarrassed of it that it stops me and it gets me very, very depressed. But we know from Tanya that the second you find something ugly inside of you, you know, just like zoom in, because you know that is exact. that's what you're supposed to rejoice in. Like we said that story of like a Rebbe who said to somebody who was like, oh, like, I'm not sure if I should marry a non-Jew. And he's like, oh my gosh, you're so lucky that you feel that. Because I never felt that. I never felt like what it was like to do. I never felt the, the to be able to push myself out of something so big. To, to, to marry a Jewish person because it was hard for me. So rejoice in your in your in your shame. Literally rejoice in your shame because that's how you're gonna play yourself out of it. Then in 28, last week we spoke about people who are distracted during davening, and then we flipped it and we said, Don't be sad because it's a good sign, because the Yitzhara loves your I mean Hashem loves your tefillah, so the Yitzhara is like, I'm coming, I'm coming in strong now. Like, I got you. Don't even start to daven, don't even try to daven. You don't have your sitter, you don't this, you don't that. No. You could just keep doing what you're doing. Okay, so now we get to 29, and we're talking a little bit more about this emotional well-being, this feeling, and how you have to have an open heart. So we start out chapter 26, um, not 26, sorry, 29. He starts out actually with a mashal from the Zohar. I'm not going to read it because I'm like realizing that we're already so late. But he starts out with a mashal on how to get rid of this problem that we have in Hebrew. It's called timtum halid. Anybody ever heard of that? What does timtum halid mean? Sounds like tummy, no? Tum, it sounds like tummy a little bit. Like, like clipos on the heart. Clipos, like layers. It's yeah. almost like that's what brings upon a heart attack, right? Like um, blockages. Yeah, yeah, blockages. So we're, we're supposed to have an open heart to connect to Hashem. What happens if your heart is blocked, is covered? Yes, so it's almost like clipos. You have clipos, clipos halev, right? Or yes, he talks about that concept of like clipos halev. That it's not just outside clipos, but also inside. So how do you... What do you, what's the, what is, by the way, the symptom of Timtum Alev? I feel like it's like a science class. Like, what's the symptom? Like, what causes it? So what's like a spiritual blockage? What would cause somebody to not be spiritual? Someone feels overwhelmed. Someone feels overwhelmed, for sure. Like, I don't have time for this, right? Not connecting to Hashem. Not connecting to Hashem. Trauma. Yeah. Trauma, yeah. Like, Right, I'm gonna stay away from that because that that's not causing me to be spiritual. It's funny because some people will say right. trauma will. Right, every every neshama, by the way, connects differently. I listen to a lot. There's stages, right? There are stages, right? So I would say that, and and this is according to the Baltanya, that the first step, the first stage of knowing that it's not working, that you're not. This is new, by the way, new stuff. Okay, I feel like we reviewed for a very long time, but it was important. So the the first symptom is of what that you have spiritual congestion is if you're trying to meditate and it's not working. So how do I know if I have a blockage of the heart? I'm really trying. 
Figi, I'm trying, I'm doing my homework, I'm lighting a candle, I'm meditating, I'm listening to Chaim Guri, I'm listening to Dahlia, I don't know if anybody knows it's Mary's daughter, who's singing that song that I posted, Mi Mama came, right? I'm trying, I'm really, really trying. I put on the saddest music, I put on the happiest music. Something is not letting me. I'm trying to meditate, but I can't move mountains. We did say that moving mountains takes a very long time. Oh, by the way, we totally skipped 16 through 18. Yeah, I realized in the review, we skipped the Moshal Talib and then the spiritual adrenaline remember that you have to put that you could push the emergency button sorry about this right because this is where it comes in and i'm like oops we missed that um in the review the there's two ways of connecting hashem one is through slow meditation and then the second one is if emergency break glass like roshay's Taub says like an emergency button that you push and that reminds you that if i if i don't do this mitzvah i'm disconnected from hashem and by the way we feel a crazy crazy spiritual rush right now no, like the adrenaline for the Jewish people. These people were not religious, right? These people were not from, these people were not Shomer Shabbos, nothing. And they're, they're putting on tzitzis. They are like, if I don't put on tzitzis, it disconnects me from Hashem and then we won't win the war. So they're realizing that means that like everybody else has been just slowly meditating and doing this stuff. And all the people who are not religious who are gathering, the masses that are gathering are channeling that spiritual energy from 18 through 25, that they, if they don't connect right now to Hashem, like I'm telling you, like some of my students from 10 years ago, I haven't spoken to them in 10 years, married with kids, whatever, Jewish, you know, sent to Jewish day camps and like, you know, Rangkankama or something like that. But like they are all of a sudden, like their social media is like blasting with everything Jewish. I'm like, whoa, one second. The button was pushed for them. The button was pushed for them. The button was pushed, but they're, they're going in. But that's they're like, there's still a choice. It's still a choice. Let's say there was someone. No, there's still a choice. You could choose to be sad and angry, or you could choose to. Well, you would be the one who went off instead of. Yeah, but these are all very extreme examples. I'm saying, what if there isn't? So you first started talking about this. Right. It's interesting. I wonder. I like. Could it be that Hashem pushes the button for us? You know, like there's a situation that yeah, probably too. And you have a choice. Right. I think that there's. there's no one no one wakes up and like to push the button today. Like it just. Well, personal reasons people can't do it personally. Yeah, you could train yourself to do it personally. Right. Right. That's cool. Okay, fine. Okay, we're done. It was 18 through 25. Okay, fine. So, right. So, but these people definitely, whether it's happening to them or for them, people are connecting to that spiritual adrenaline rush, which can take you. And by the way, this is why it's so important, because it can take you to the end of this gullus way faster than all our slow meditations. So if there was ever a time to t tap into 18 through 25, it's now. Because it will get us there faster, 1,000%. And that, that's the whole thing. Like, the year, the, the, the world has been chugging along, right? Let's say till now. And now we're in literally in the Ikhvisad Meshicha. So it's like, you want to rush it? You want to do it? I think my house are burning. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry, no, they were like perfect. Okay, I'm back. Um, okay, fine. So, so now we're talking about. In my mind, it's like the Shoftim, the story of the Shoftim. No, like, like 
we were we were quiet, we were good, then we start messing up, and Hashem sends us Neil Ben Kenaz, and he brings us back to Hashem, and then boom, and then Eyo Ben Gir, right? Like this, the whole story of the Shoftim is really our like our life cycle. That's like my it's favorite class to ever learn and teach. It repeats, 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 and I was like, never again. And I'm like, you know what? It's never again with another spin. And like we're here for it. We're so much more prepared. Wait, that's what I felt like. This, I is, this is how it's different. Like every other war that was fought in Israel, any, I'm like focusing on songs all day, but like any song you can ever <coughs> Jewish pride in the land, Zionism, whatever. People are bringing Hashem into it now. That's the difference right. now. That's the difference from like you look at all the wars in Israel. I'm like, yeah, like I don't know. They're all secular songs, and they're great. And some of them even made it into our world. And they're very heartwarming because you feel connected to Jewish people and Jewish land, but there's no Elokus there now. Like Hatikva, right? Like no, is that like, right. Or any of anything in like the Yom Kippur War, tons of amazing songs came out of that. Like my mother was telling me that like she remembers, she was a teenager, she remembers the songs that came out of it and it made such a huge impression on her and made her love Eretz Israel. She had never been to Israel at so that time. Interesting. Wow. And now the songs that are coming out of it and the actions and and, and speeches that are coming out of it from everywhere, from all corners of, of the world, are bringing Elokus into the war. Not just the land, not just we need to defend ourselves. Yes, a lot of politicians are saying that, but if you look at the people, they're not saying that. They're not. Like, you, we, we know that we're winning the spiritual war. Like, if, like, let's say in the times right, of the show's tip, right. For it we are. Our generation right. is learning time yet. Right. Like, if this happened like 20 years ago, right. we'd all be like, we'd we'll be like, right, exactly. Okay, fine. So now, so the symptom one of knowing that you have symptom LA that you can't open up your heart is that I'm trying and it's not working. Symptom two is that, and this is like a little bit scary, is that it's not scary, but symptom one leaves. I'm having a problem with, we were talking about this Kaddishat like you were able to like hold yourself back from things that you're allowed to do. But basically, symptom number two is a word like, and the way that we're going to describe it is like probably the worst thing that you can do, and that's apathy. So like how does apathy play out? It's like the, when you gave the soda bottle example, and I said some of us didn't school, we just went flat. That's what it is, right? Like the soda that's so tight with so much fizz, right? Even if it's wrong fizz, by the way, and this, the Balatani says, even if it's wrong fizz, even if it's misguided feelings, it's feelings. And you can channel those feelings. But if you are stone cold blooded, you cannot connect. It's like, and there's a mushroom, it says like halacha. If let's say you're davening, I always like think about this, like, when back in the days, if they say if you were diving and a snake would come up to you, you you have to continue Shmona Asri. Like I'm like so bad. I'm like sometimes I'm driving when I'm diving Shmona I don't know if that's okay, but like it's a really long red light. I'm like mm, I could probably get to like at least Homodim, right at this stop sign. But like if there's a snake that comes to you, you you have to continue diving because if a snake bites you, his poison is warm, and it will still give you energy. But if it's a scorpion, by the way, it's Cheshvan right now, and it's you have to stop. You you can't you can't continue diving. You have to move away because a scorpion's poison is cold. And if there's like, if there's varmkite, if there's any warmth, and it attacks you, take that misguided feeling, emotion, whatever it is, and channel to it. But if you don't have any feeling at all, if you have apathy, if you're cold blooded, that's it. You have timtamalev. That's how you know. Like you know, you like look up WebMD. Like how do I know if I have timtamalev if you have cold blood? Okay. <laughs> 
Tim to Mo. What? You're dead inside. I feel like it comes up a lot with being like double cops plus. Like if you can't be double cops plus and like you, like sometimes you can make it work and like that, but like if you really can't make it work, that's like probably Tim to Mo. If I'm the person yeah, that's like, yes. Yeah, if you can't see good in something or someone, then that that's that's blockages. Right. Right. That's what are what is blocking you from connecting? Tim Tamale. What is Tim Tamale? Apathy. It means that I don't, I don't even know how to connect to you. So I have to really, really get myself out of that zone if I want to continue davening. Because even if I'm sad, let's say we were saying you can't be sad, but even if you are sad, you could take that sadness, you can sing a song, you could write a song, you could daven, you could use that sadness to eventually bring you to a higher good. But even if you're sad, even if you're anxious, you're feeling something, your body's moving, you're like, oh my God, I feel like I have to do something, I have to do something, right? Like, I, and, and it's like, you take that, you could bottle it, and then you could direct it where you need it to go. But if you don't have anything inside of you, if you're flat, there's nothing worse than cold, flat soda. It's depression is very disconnected. Depression is disconnected, but I think so, there's so still it's a, a clinical depression. It's, like it's a more clinical. Of a clinical depression that like they don't feel. They don't feel. They're no. Right. They're like they're like yeah. Right. Nobody home. So it's like a so dullness. Numb. Numb. And Valtani says it's the most dangerous of all. Well, I the think a we all have a little bit of it after like what happened in this world. Like it's like it's a couple. You have to be a little numb, otherwise like you could go crazy. It is, it is, but, but I'm learning this and I hope I'm right. It's, there's never room for it in Yiddishkeit of no feeling, I you think know, it's like, separating, not numbness. I think it's separating, it's like, yeah, I take care of my kids. Right. 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 I have to go right. to school. It's like freeze. It's freeze. There's a story about, right, fight or fight. Right. It's freezing. You could have it. Yeah, listen. You're going to have it because it comes up. It's a feeling. But like there's a story, a famous story with Valtania that he was traveling with his Hasidim and they were walking like in the, in like it was freezing somewhere. I don't know what town it was. They were traveling and they saw like a lot of like Christians at that time. That was like our big enemies and pogroms and everything. And they were making crosses on the, on the a frozen lake and they were making crosses on it. Like, I don't know, I feel like when we were kids, like, oh my gosh, you're like, no, it's a T, right? Like, but like, oh, it's a cross. Like, I don't feel like my kids even know that, right? <laughs> you know, like we have like that one clean lady who would wear yeah, it. Mother, like, right, we, we literally have other names for that. Um, so, and they were making it. And then somebody was like, oh my gosh, what does it mean? It's a bad sign for us. And the Baltani is like, it's fine. They're frozen. We don't have to worry about them. If it was warm, if it was like, if it was liquid there, we would have to worry about it. But they're, they're frozen. There's ice there. There's apathy there. We don't have to worry. You didn't, don't have to worry about that. Because we always have. Right. That's heat. That, they are the opposite of apathy. They are. They are so much radiation. They're a Right. So it's scary because what does Amalek compare to, by the way? Isn't it a snake? Oh yeah, snake. Yeah. So a snake is a snake is evil because it really has like it has warm blood. It definitely has fire inside. So even misguided fire. First of all, we can learn from this that even misguided fire is good, but apathy is the worst thing. So how do we stop it? So. We had this last week also where there's like, the Baltania says certain things, methods that people would do to break themselves. We don't do this anymore, but we're still gonna learn it and we're gonna learn how to channel it for our generation. So I don't want you to be like, okay, I'm giving you information. And you're like, hey, this is not even applicable to me. This is for my great grandmothers. But like, this is, this is something we need to learn. So he talks about this drastic metaphor of smashing the log, okay? Breaking the log. So if you were to have, let's say like, 
this apathy, this insens insensitivity, the dullness of the heart. The real problem that's causing the complacency is that you say, no, it's fine, it's fine. You know, it's like passive aggressive a little bit, right? But that urgent situation requires you at that minute to break it. So how do we do it? So we have to convince our Nefesh Bahamas, because that's really kind of where it's coming from, that we are not okay. That's the first step. You have to tell yourself, I'm not okay. And you're like, no, I'm fine. You know, like when we say that and like most passive away, like, you know, like your husband's like, are you okay? And you're like, no, I'm fine. Like, I'm really fine. And he's like, oh my God, she is so angry, right? <laughs> you never say that, right? Like, you know, so what does it mean? Complacency is the enemy here. So you have to tell your Nefesh of Bahamas, wake up. I need you because the Nefesh of Bahamas is what? Emotions. It's my emotions. It's my drive. I need it. It's going to give me heat. So I have to wake him up. And then the, this serious problem is the way to do it is, and this is not how we do it, but the way to do it is to go out and send like a whole squad inside of you like a SWAT team and being like, okay, let's talk about all the terrible things that Figi ever did in her lifetime. Okay, let's go back to first grade when she did this and then second grade when she did this and third grade, whatever. And we just admitted, I admitted last week that I was mean in high school, right? So like go back to those places and those moments where you were and, and, and dig up all this research and that, all of that, you're gonna use as an enemy to break you. And then when it breaks you, I know it's where you're looking at me, you're like, this is crazy because it's not something that we do anymore, but it's, it's definitely intense. It's what Tzadikim used to do. They used to break themselves. By the way, like through Musar, this is really what they did. We don't do this today, but in the past, we've used harshness. Like there was did. Think about the way that we were raised in school. Like my mother always tells me, they had to come to school. They would have to literally put their hands down like this. And if their nails were dirty underneath, the teacher would whack them with a ruler. Like, what? Like, what'd you do? Like, I, by the way, till then that day, I'm like scarred, like, you know, from like having anything in there. There was, we used to deal with harshness. Think about like, Rebeam or teachers or how, the way that things happened, like, you know, it, there was an element of harshness and that was to break you. And that was to get rid of the apathy. The kid that gets kicked out of class and they're like, I don't care, right? Then the school reacts with harshness, right? Like, there's detention, which is like the dumbest thing because then you're punishing the mother. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't come to school late. She didn't go school late. Why do I have to go pick her up now? It takes me an hour to go get her and to pick her up, right? But we don't deal with this anymore. But the way to do it is to go send down an FBI team inside of you, break something inside of you that you realize that you're nothing, and that will stir you. That will stir your emotions. Does any That's true, though. Yeah. 100%. That is a way for us to get to chuba, breaking yourself, breaking your ego. But and and really this is this is not how we do it anymore because we don't deal with tough love anymore. And she said was saying that we are already in like literally Friday afternoon, it's Arab Shabbos. But in the spectrum of history, we're in Arab Shabbos because Mashiach has to come after 6000 years, at the end of 6000 years. So because we're in Arab Shabbos and Mashiach times will be Yom Shakul Shabbos, we could taste Shabbos already. We're allowed to, right? That's the whole Tayamah concept. Eat, well, what? It's just an excuse to eat potato cola and chalant? No, it happens to be it's the most fresh then and it's really, really Bro, good right then. I know you were like not allowed to eat before Shabbos. Never. My not father, either. who's a big chassid, no, he only wanted to see it. Right. It was supposed to taste it. It was supposed to be special. But like as a minute, like in the middle. What? Not like inflation starts now. My father didn't eat growing up. He did not eat. And he was like, I'm saving it for Shabbos. And now, you always grow up a time now? No. Like eating, right? No. no, just neither. You do what you want. You do what you want. But like this concept of time out, like the world, like, you know, you go to like any bar mitzvah, any simcha, it's like Arab Shabbos, we're eating. Why are we tasting it? Because we're allowed to. Like, that, like it, it, we are supposed to be tasting it. And 
one of the things that's going to be in the times of Sheikh is that we're not going to be breaking ourselves. We're going to be using a different derech, and that's derech ahava. We're going to be using love. So now we can start to tap into it. So we're, as we're getting closer to Mashiach and Erev Shabbos, we can try to taste it. And therefore, there won't be any more rebuke. If anybody never read this book, you must read this book. First of all, Dina Erez recommended this book called Good Inside, which I'm loving. And it's, yeah, amazing, amazing. It really, really helps me. And it's all chasidus. It's all about like finding an akuzatova within your kid and like drawing it out. So it's amazing. But therefore, because we're going to be entering Mashiach with Simcha, we have to approach this with Simcha. So everything that we used to accomplish with bitterness, this is bonus. Like we're living in the best times. Why? Because we can do, we can accomplish the same thing with Simcha. It used to be, it had to be harshness and bitterness, and we don't, we get to taste Shabbos. We are the luckiest generation. We might be the lowest, but because we're the lowest, we're the closest to the end, and we can taste it. So we get to enjoy Ava. So everything, um, the point is that it's not, the bitterness is to get you to your ego. So how do I smash the log with joy? If I'm saying you can't smash the log with bitterness and say, oh, you're a terrible person, you did all these wrong things. How do I smash the log, if that's the example? How do I do that with Simcha? You say, I'm so happy that we have a chef on our side who can help us get out from the bottom, bring this up. That right, yeah. Because like we would, we're used to saying, I'm so low, I'm just like from the earth and I'm going to go back to the earth. I'm just a worm. I'm like the lower than a worm because I don't do anything, right? We talk about apathy, right? Like saying that you have nothing. And then, but that's, by the way, all self-administered. Not, I don't feel like that's apathy. That's like just realizing that you're not, like you're accepting the universe, but at the same time, Right, not apathy. I meant like humility. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I meant humility. I'm sorry. As I'm saying, I'm like, wait, what I mean? Um, it means like pulling yourself, like, yeah. Yeah. like shredding your ego. Yeah, yeah. Right? Right. That's what it is. Like, I was thinking of this example. Like, you know, like, I don't know if like everyone still does, but like there was like a big scoop of like pulled brisket. Like, it was, <laughs> it was like a big moment in time. It was like when sushi came to like the Jewish world, right? Like, it was like we had a little hot minute and then... It was all over everything, right? So what is it? Like, it's like a brisket is like, I'm like, it's literally ego. It's like meat, right? It's like the, the most meatiest of the meatiest, right? Especially second cut with all the fat, right? And then what you do is you cook it for like hours and hours and hours and then you shred it. That's kind of what we're doing. We're like breaking our ego. Like we want to we wanna go deep, but we want to do it in a way of simcha in our generation. And then the Alter Rebbe says that like what you have to do is what I have to tell my Yetzirah that I'm pinning it against my Yetzirah and it's a battle. But what do we always know at the end? And this is like the good part of the Yitzchai. Like I, this gives me like a lot of hope at the end. The end we know like Dida Netzach. We know that we are going to win. We know that we're going we to overcome it. We have the confidence. It's like we're going in this with confidence. Like think about what our generation has that they didn't have during the time of the Perm story. Like how many stories did they have to reflect on? Right, but there might be a lot of tragedies until we get there. There might be, but why would we look like, at that? Even, we'll like, say... You know, like, with this war, like, we know we're going to win, but like, a lot of people might die. A lot of people might... Like, but that's we, okay. We can't, focus like, on can't focus on that. Well, what, what, that's a very hard on the moment to say that's okay. Like, what? I'm saying, having, like, I'm saying, you're raised by, by yeah. a grandchild of Holland. I'm not going to say that we're okay because we think I'm alive. It's not okay that we're going through pain. It's not okay, but it's okay to be upset about it. It's okay to feel the emotions of anger, and but don't get stuck in it. Right. It's the stuck of it. It's being the stuckness. Like saying saying it's okay, by the way, is apathy. Saying like, whatever, it's fine. I don't care. Like I'll just right. continue with the rest of my life. No. But 
digging open, ripping open, let's say like yourself and your ego to find a place where you can shatter yourself. We have to try to get to that place, but not through sadness, not through like, oh my gosh, so many people are going to die. Like this is, no. So look what, look what we're supposed to go to the darkest place also. So, right. We don't want to go, okay, so here's, a, there's like a, I'm sorry, I'm, I want to go back to that thought I was saying about what we have that the generation of Purim didn't have. We're in a place where we've climbed on every single step. If you want to look at it as a ladder, we've climbed every rung, whether it was, you know, the Darmabal, Darflaga, like uh, the Mitzrayim, Purim, Hanukkah, Edom, right? All the, the, the enemies that we've gone through, we know this is going to be the longest one. We know Edom is the longest, but we know that it's going to come to an end, just like Parasumadai came to an end, just like Yavan came to an end, just like that. And every single time we collected more and more sparks, we went through all these places, and now we're, we're literally, we're Mamash at the end. Look like, at the end it's literally playing out. So if you get stuff in like the details of, oh, this person died, this person died, 100%, it's terrible, it's a tragedy, but like, it's literally being playing out in front of us. Right. So it's 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 hard. It's hard. I, and and, I'm not, and I hope like I'm not being tough. I'm saying like it's hard because it's much easier to take that approach of like, okay, whatever's happening is happening. I mean, I, I, I'm a big talker because I'm like, I wouldn't be able, like, I don't know if they would come knocking at my door. I'll be like, here, money's over there. Take this. I'll get my passports. Tell me where to go. Like I, I would be like, I'm, I don't know if I would have that to be able to channel it. But what I see what people are going through is giving me I'm like, if they're able to do it, whoa, I must be able to do it. And if they did it in the times of the Purim story, if they did it in times of Hanukkah, they did it in the times of the Holocaust, they did it, we're out here. Like, we, we got this. Like, I think about this all the time. I used to live in in, in North Woodmere before my neighbor, Aliza, moved in. There was, they were like the Belsky brothers, like Bialski, you know, like the... The, the partisans. The movie, yeah, literally. It's like him and his uncle and his brothers. Like that was our next door neighbor. And I remember him like showing us pictures, and I was like, whoa! Like he like took us to his basement and he was showing us all these things. And I was like, freedom fighters, like real, like this is it. This is taking all their energy, channeling it. But also, yeah, there's a lot of brokenness. So at the point where I I want to break myself, but I want to do it through simcha. It's like there's this darkness that's on top of me, right? That's what Tim Tomalev is. Tim Tomalev is darkness. I want to push it away. Back in the days, we would go into that, all the dark places and all the scary tunnels of the wrong things that we did and we break it, but we don't do that anymore. In this day and age, we say, okay, we, we literally, we say like, we find out like, and I, have, I know I'm being recorded or whatever, but like people say like, oh, is Hashem mad at us? Like, is, is that why he did this, right? Like, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Like, I don't like that. I don't like that either. It just doesn't sit so well with me. But this idea is that like, in the end, we know that everything that was bad was there for the good. Like we said this in like chapter nine, we said the story of like the king who hired like a prostitute to like try to get his son, right? Like in trouble, but not really to get him in trouble, just to get him to build his confidence, to build everything that he needed to about himself. And, and the prostitute herself knew, she was like, oh my gosh, like I have to do my job best because I was hired by the king to do it, right? So if you tap into that and you're like, okay, whoever our enemy is right now, they were hired by Hashem. So I could already find Hashem in here. So I know it's a test. So you have to tap into that mindset of like, whatever evil is in the world, Hashem is the one who hired that person to get us to stir, to wake up, to bring us to a place where we're connected, to bring us to a place of unity. Like, I know like, I was talking to Javi, I think it was your sister. She's like, no, we need to bring unity. We need to bring us. We need to bring more to the community, right? And it's like, here we are, we have it. Like we have it in a way that's not so dark, find Hashem in it. So we don't want to 
connect Hashem through negativity and with harshness. But the approach that we have to do it is in order to, to break ourselves, you have to break yourself. Sometimes in, breaking is breaking the darkness and, and, and finding the, the light. Of That's right. the serious It's like there are the, 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 the Rabbanu Rebbitsons that I just read something and listened to something this morning, someone from Israel. She's basically saying, Lachlacha is go with Hashem, like with Messiris Nefesh. So if you're feeling dark and you're feeling down, your Messiris Nefesh now is to bring positivity into it and do something positive. If that's where you're feeling, that's Messiris Nefesh also. And that's that's breaking, that's like your inner spiritual work. I think like what you were saying, the breaking of it. So in um, Shay's tab gives a tiny series. I was like listening to him and he was saying that when you, if you were to take an actual log of fire, like coals, coals, right? Or he says coals, it's coals. And if you were just to light it like that, I think the example that he gives though is a log because he says like a log is one big thing. If you try to light it, yeah, it's coals. Oh, he does the example, right. He, it, it looks black right. when it's so hot, but when you blow on it, it turns red. It it, it becomes a fire, see, like you see, you see it. You see the fire, but but the the the, the, the whole idea is that there's we want to ta- we we want to wake ourselves up, right? We have apathy, we have Tim Tamale, we have something that's blocking us, and I can't connect. So how do I do it? We said even misguided thing is better than nothing. So we have to bring light to it. So in this in this class, he says that it's a log and you try to light it and it doesn't. But if it, cause if it's just one big thing. So what you do is you take the actual log, you smash it, like literally like shatter it. And then it's able to catch fire. So all the little pieces catch fire. So we nowadays, when we want to bring ourselves up with Simcha, we have to realize that all those little pieces are fire, are life. It's kind of like that spiritual adrenaline wakes you up in a way of joy, Simcha. It gives you confidence, major, major confidence. If you're lacking confidence right now, it's a problem. You need to build up. So the metaphor of that... Negativity doesn't work anymore. It doesn't work. When's the last time negativity's helped you? Right, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I try to think about this. The negativity helped me. You just said, I don't like that. Why? You're not the only person. I work for like the actual. Okay, fine. So you want to, so let's find it like a personal example of like breaking yourself. Okay, so where's something that, does anybody want to give an example? The place that they struggle with, that they feel apathy towards, that they feel like, it's not my thing. Or I don't connect to it. Meditation. Meditation. Okay, fine. So what is it? You try and you're like, it's not. Uh, it's like my thoughts are everywhere. It's like a joke. Right. So you're like, I'm just out, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm out. So what So what you have to do is when you have this big moment and you're like, eh, I'm out, you need to break it down and say, why is that? Why is that stopping me? Why is that stopping me from connecting? What's wrong with me? The old Derek is, you know what, baby? You really have ADD. You really have a difficult time focusing. And you know what? Back in the days when you were in fourth grade, you also had a hard time. And that's why your teacher yelled at you. And that's why you misbehaved. And then you start going down this whole crazy tunnel. And you say, it's not for me. Or I'm out, right? So that would be a place that you don't want to connect. But if you break it into small pieces, if you smash it, and smash it in order to light it up. baby steps? Like taking a piece and starting. I would say it probably is. Baby steps is a good example. Stretching yourself, pushing yourself, connecting in a very, very small, minimal way so that it catches fire. Try for five minutes? Try for five minutes. Or even one minute. Rabbi Kellum used to always say, you want to dive in? Ten deep breaths. Ten deep breaths. Right. He says, like, you want to dive in? Okay, start with brachos. No, don't start with brachos. Start with one brachos. I'll do... 
breath work and stuff like that, but like when it comes to meditation, I'm out. <laughs> You're out. So I start can, with five. So you're you're one minute. Breath work is meditation. Breath work is meditation. Most meditation starts with breath work. Like if you're not breathing, you can't. Right. It's the mind first. Yeah, you can't regulate it. So if breath work works, for you, then bring that into that. Right. Maybe that's like a type of meditation. I guess I'm thinking of like the typical. No, it's if it's your way of meditation. And you like right. It doesn't have to be like all that. Like close your mind. I know. I'm like listen to yoga and there. She's like ujjayi. I'm like what's ujjayi? I don't know. Like, but I connect with the way that. Oh, that's the Ouija board. No, Ujjayi is like an energy from yoga. I'm like, ah, is this Avodazara? I'm not sure what this is. Right. But so so when you find that you're not connecting to something, let's go back to the beginning of the chapter. The whole chapter is Tim Tamalev. I want to connect to Hashem, but there's a blockage. The one blockage is I'm trying and it's not working. A little bit like what Figgy's saying. Like I'm trying, but it just doesn't work for me. That's a sign that you know you have Tim Tamalev. But clearly we just found out that you really can meditate. It's fine. But sign number two is that... I feel very cold towards it. Like there's a very, there's like, there's something that's, that's like really there. So the old way to do it was go into your dark self, bring up all your negativity, bring up all the bad things you've ever had, smash yourself. And that will bring you to some chayas and will give you a little bit of life. And then the second way is to not to do that, to smash, take the whole thing, break it with joy. Literally, if it means dance, put on music, you know, like a burst of energy that you have and that shatters everything by itself, literally smash it, and then that can catch fire. Or like what Mary was saying with the example, maybe we should watch it, I'll send the video. I didn't see that video, but the coals where it looks like it's dark, the second you light it on fire, you give it a song. I mean, I don't know, we're doing these things now, like eat on the street, right? Let's say for thank you, Hashem. Like, he goes around, asks people questions. Now he's setting up mitzvah corners. I just put one in. I think it was your sister-in-law. She did it last Sunday. She was, uh, she did like, come make a bracha for the soldiers. You get free candy, free cookies, free. And if you say a parak of Tehillim, you get a stuffed animal. My kids were like, what? Like, you not, it's a free lemonade stand. It was like a mitzvah corner. And now, like, thank you, I'm sending them out to like, LA and Baltimore, whatever. It doesn't only have to be like this, but this is one approach to it. Like I'm setting one up on my block today. I am so excited. I'm like, my kids are gonna stand out here. We're gonna put music on. Yes, people are gonna think we're crazy, but do you wanna go the harshness room? Do you wanna go the way of like, it's because you didn't cover your hair and that's why this, no, I don't wanna go there. That's not for me. That's not the way I'm gonna connect. Maybe I take on more halachos and I will. And I, and trust me, I'm infusing my Shabbos table like I've never done before. Last week I was about to like, uh, we had a bar mitzvah and I'm like, we're just home by ourselves Friday now. I'm like, I'll just set it with like nice plastic, whatever. And Anaf was like, no. Rabbi Yossi said, you set your table beautifully. You set the Shabbos candles beautifully. You bring more simcha to your table. You want to be sad? Do that at night when you want to do a cheshman anafesh. There is no time to be sad. Bring light into it. That's how you're going to take away the apathy. If you always, I used to be the one looking at those breast lovers, jumping on the things. And then all of a sudden, Monday night, I was like, I have a call to duty. Like if I am not going to, and trust me, it got very sad. We read all the names of the hostages while we were making hafrasha and there was sadness there, but we started the night with joy and we ended the night with joy. And that's our responsibility to get through it. Like if you want to do it harshness, take a time machine back to 1920. Right now we don't need it. Our kids don't need it. Our families definitely don't need it. And we have to give chizuk, like to the Holocaust survivors, to our parents, to our grand, whoever is still here, we have to give them. So that I think is our apathy class. And then I'll take questions. Okay. Mm -hmm.